This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tayak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. And welcome back. You are with The Glow Show on this wonderful Melbourne evening. Gabby, how are you today? I'm great because I have a coffee. You have a coffee? Yeah. Late at night, I know. You bought it for me. I know. It I'm... wasn't a bribe. Well, no, I know. Well, yeah, we because I'm going straight. to buy you the next one. Exactly. And you always do. I do. We do take um, coffee table tennis, us, you and I. We, we, we buy each other coffees quite regularly. Um, and yeah, I love it. Well, I want to talk about, well, we're here with the Glow Show, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about how you paid for that coffee. Yeah, because it amazed. blows my mind. <laughs> I'm really old school. I think I'm probably the only person who has cash in her wallet. Well, my partner does too. But I don't understand all that pay wave stuff. And I know I'm a police officer and I should be up to date. It's but I don't investigate these types of crimes. So I just don't get it. We must get the um, cybercrime people then because that this is a very serious problem that is happening now. Mm. Um, I, I love my technology. I embrace it. And yeah, I love my phone. And you, well, I shouldn't say that product, but I, I just love paying for things. You know, and it's done. It's beautiful. It's easy. And I looked at my wallet the other day. I actually don't have any cash in my wallet. It's well, a real cashless society we live in. Not for me. But so I was standing there. Mm-hmm. And I'm digging around in my bag trying to hunt for my wallet. And there you are just with your phone. Mm-hmm. And you press a button and up pops your card on your phone. Yep. And you just, uh, I don't I know. I actually see it's safer than the card because you're the, the phone I have actually authenticates that I'm the user with my fingerprint. So it's actually safer than the card, I reckon. Yeah, I like using the fingerprint thing. I get that. But yeah. I, I mean, I think if anyone's listening to this show tonight, they're yeah. probably going to think they're back last century. <laughs> yeah. or maybe they think I'm still in last century and probably part of me is. How hey, you listen to Madonna, you're definitely in last century. <laughs> I'm not moving forward. I love her. <laughs> now, um, last week I noted that the Victorian police uh, were making us aware of National Missing Persons Week for 2018. This is a regular uh, campaign that you do? Yeah, so it runs from the 5th to the 11th of August. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, missing persons, missing people uh, every day. Yeah. But we have a week to recognise it every year because so many people go missing each year. I don't have the stats on that, unfortunately. But I was just going to ask, what's the <laughs> I don't have them. Yeah. Uh, but hundreds of people, yeah. probably thousands of people go missing every year. very traumatic for loved ones, I'd imagine. Yeah. And when we think about missing people, we usually jump to the, the worst conclusion where we think that something has happened to them, where they've been murdered um, or they've perhaps taken their own life. But often it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people go missing for other reasons. They may be um, wanting to escape a situation. They may be wanting their independence. They might be wanting to start a new life for whatever reason that is. They might be escaping family violence. There's so many different reasons. Um, so, and, and one thing we do know is most people reported missing are located fairly soon after they've been reported. So within 24 or 48 hours, yeah, something it's like resolved. That. Yeah, usually. Often. You see, yeah. if you go onto the Victoria Police um, Facebook page um, or the news news page, we've, we've got numerous stories of this person's missing and then two, three hours later or the following day, this person's been located. Thank you for your help. 
So most people are located, but you do. There are people that have been missing for 50, 60, 70 years, and we still are looking for them. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I've heard of many stories of, of um, blokes uh, they, they've just had enough of their life. And I mean, I, I, I don't know how they do it, but they literally get up and say, I'm going to go and get the milk. Uh, I'll be back in a minute. And they never they never show up again. And maybe decades later, they're found mining in Cooper Pedy or yeah. something like that. Whole brand new yeah. life, new family. I mean, I, I don't understand it, but. Yeah, look, it happens. It's a, it's a, it's a real issue, and it's a real thing, and and I really feel for the families who who have people yeah. who are missing. So it's and something il- worth talking about. Illnesses um, will are also involved. So people yeah. with dementia who wander off, and then they yeah. don't know who they are or where they belong to, and they can't tell anybody. Yeah, um, who, who where they where they live. So what happens to them? Very real and very varied reasons. Now, going missing is not a crime. I, I, I note here. That's, that's no, quite not fun. at all. Not, not at, at all. all. Um, as we spoke about, there's various reasons why people go missing. Sometimes of their own choice and for, and free will, and sometimes not. But the aim of the week of yeah. Missing Persons Week, and it, and again, it can be at any time of the year, um, is to assist the resolution of missing person cases through heightened awareness and increased sightings reports. So, if we are talking about it, and if you get onto the Victoria Police website and even probably the Crime Stoppers website, we have a, a, a bunch of photographs of people, mm-hmm. um, missing people. So if you go on there and have a look, you can still access, access that information. And if you find, if you know who they are or, you, or you've seen them recently or you can help in any way, then let us know by contacting your local police station or call, calling Crime Stoppers on 1800 000. Now, it would be interesting to also mention if you, if you come across a work colleague or a neighbour and you may have some evidence to suggest they're having a new life and they may be one of these missing people, we'd be wise to say not to confront them about it, maybe to uh, just contact the police first and make a general inquiry. Would that probably be probably wise? Probably is the wisest thing because if someone's left for reasons where they don't want others to know who they are now or where they are, police can contact that person and speak to them and then they can let um, family know that they're okay, but not give any other information as to what their whereabouts. No, fascinating. So once again, the the numbers for the contacting missing person coordination and well, that, crime stoppers. Okay, the missing persons coordination centre is one eight hundred triple zero six three four, and crime stoppers is one eight hundred triple three triple zero. No, that that's a brilliant initiative, and yeah, look, we'll we'll talk more about it, and um, yeah, once again, contact the uh, police station too if you have any further questions. Obviously, look at the Victorian Police website if you need. Some further information. And if you are a missing person mm-hmm. and you are aware that people, are, are family and friends are wondering where you are, you can contact police or crime stoppers and let them know that you're this particular person and alert them to your, to the fact that you're well and safe, but you don't want your family to know where you are. So you can draw the line if you so choose. Yeah. So if you have a, a little bit of a uh, thought for your family and friends. Yeah, I mean- Just <laughs> let them know that you're fine, but- Some may, people wouldn't want to, yeah. but it also, if, if you're- if you feel like you want to let people know that you're okay, mm-hmm. you can do that without letting them know where you are. It would alleviate some of their pain and anguish. Mm-hmm. So it reinforces the fact that being missing is not a crime. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, you can probably quell a lot of heartache and hurt if you just let people know you're okay and you can do that through the police. Um now, coming up next after the break, we've got uh, the Transit Police to talk about... Uh, stuff tra- stuff, stuff on, on public transport. transport. <laughs> You're listening to The Glow Show with Gabby and Will. You're listening to The Glow Show on Joy. Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. 
And yes, you're with The Glow Show on Joy 949. Welcome back. And now, Gabby, we have a special guest in the studio with us this evening. We do. We do. And now the Victoria Police don't only have glows. It does extend out to other areas in our government or uh, departments. So who do we have in the studio this evening? Well, Amanda Bowden, Sergeant from our Transit Unit. Hello, Will, and hello, Gab. Hello, Amanda. Welcome to Join Off on Nine Transit Police. Something a little bit different. Something a little bit different. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm not sure how much either of you know about Transit Police. I work with Gabby a little bit with the with the Glow, but um, Will, do you know much about it? Well, it's funny. Um, I do take the train a lot into Joy. Um, and look, I see the transit police there, and I, I mean, I sometimes confuse them with the actual police, and then I look at the uniform and go, "That's not a big uh, police uniform. That's th- something." I think Will's different. a little bit confused now, yeah. so we need to set him straight. And probably a mm. lot of people don't really understand that transit are Victoria Police members and also PSOs, who are a little bit different, but they're also a big part of Victoria Police. Mm. That's correct. So. Transit Safety Division mm-hmm. has protective services officers who I think might be who you're thinking about. Right. And yep. also police members as well. So oftentimes the members that are working at the stations, particularly at night time and at the railway stations, mm-hmm. they'll be protective services officers or PSOs as they're known. So that's totally different from Victoria Police. That's totally different from tra- sorry, Transit Police. They're still Victoria Police members. Right. So if you if you look at all their uniform, very very similar to a police member, but you'll see that they've might they've got gold on their shoulders instead of the the normal silver on their on the shoulders. So mm-hmm. you can tell them apart from some little things. And if you look at their backs, it'll say protective services officer. So the difference between the PSOs and the police is in the training that they receive. So some of their training is um, more focused around public transport areas and the legislation to do with public transport. Um, but all their tactical training is the same. So they carry all the same equipment as a police member. They receive all the same training as well. So they're employed by Victoria Police. Okay, so they're a part of the Victorian Police they Department. Are. So yes. Ah, very fascinating, very interesting. Um, so what's some of the day-to-day roles that you do uh, in the Transit Police Department? So it's, it's very, very varied. I've mm-hmm. been with Transit Safety Division for just over two years now, and I've moved four times while I've been there. So it's a very diverse working environment. It's, it's quite a large department. Mm-hmm. So while I've worked there, I've worked at uh, Footscray and at Werribee. Uh, working with the PSOs and mm-hmm. working with the police members as well. So a lot of those are public transport uh, safety issues and just making sure that we've got visible presence at the stations, making sure that the commuters feel safe travelling home. If there's any issues, we can deal with them at the time. And I've also worked uh, as a sergeant in the tasking team. So with that, we've, we have a group of police members who go out and attend to specific issues. There might be a flare-up in an issue at a particular station, so our members will be dealing with those sort of things. Some proactive work around crime reduction at the stations. We can talk about that in a bit more detail. Mm -hmm. And I've just recently started in the last couple of months working in a unit called the Strategies and Projects Unit where we do specific projects to do with improving our service delivery and um, issues that improve to improve either public safety or the way that we operate as a division. So it sounds a little bit dry working in projects, but it's actually really fascinating and it, it gets you thinking in a bit more strategic way than what I have in the past. What are some of the current issues that are going on out there in in uh, you know our public transport system that you are having to deal with on a pretty much a day to day or week by week basis? Well, a lot of the, the public will be aware that sometimes services get disrupted, mm-hmm. and often the messages that come over the the PA will be due to a police incident. So lots of things like that we deal with managing disruptions. They can be things like people trespassing on the tracks. Unfortunate times when people have been hit, and we have to deal with that. 
We also help with things like train derailments or tram derailments, which do happen from time to time, which can stop services from operating. So we also ask people's patience and cooperation when we have to hold up the system. But it's not it's not to stuff up your day. It's because there's a legitimate need for us to do that. So we try and get people where they need to go as, as quickly as we can. We work hand in hand with Metro and V-Line in, in that regard. But sometimes there are going to be delays and we, we need your patience in dealing with that. So that's that's a lot of our day-to-day work. One of the issues that I've noticed over the past few years, and I'm just not too sure if it's a current problem at the moment, but there's been a lot of people um, stealing copper and ruining some of the rail infrastructure by getting some of these resources that they on sell because the price of these materials are so high at the moment. Is this an ongoing problem at the moment that you've still been dealt with? It does happen from time to time, yeah, and, and it also causes a lot of disruption because those people don't generally think about where they're taking the copper from can cause issues with the operation of the trains as well. So that's something that we investigate on an ongoing basis, yeah. And not only that, but they put themselves and their own lives in danger as probably other people as well. Absolutely. By, by doing that. Yeah, it's just amazing what people do out there. So Amanda, so um, when there are crimes committed on public transport, is it the transit unit who investigate those crimes? It can depend. So sometimes, depending on where the person's reported, if they've reported at a station directly to the PSOs, it would usually stay as a transit issue. If they go back later and report it to their local station, it may remain at their local station. But the majority of crime that occurs on public transport is investigated by transit. Okay. And so if people who are at train stations, they're more likely to see a PSO rather than transit police? More likely, yes. So you will have PSOs at train stations from 6pm every night. So that's that's our commitment that there will be PSOs at the, sta- at the stations. So they will either be standing watching the trains coming in or if you can't see them when you get off the train, oftentimes they'll be patrolling around the car parks making sure that they're safe and that people are getting to their cars safely. Now that's fascinating. Now obviously it's trains is probably the first thing that comes to people's mind, but obviously uh, trams and the buses, is that a part of your uh, portfolio, should I say? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. So Transit Safety Division has V-Line Metro trains and also trams and buses. So it covers a huge area. We also go out to the, to the regions as well, so including into the country. So uh, it, it is a huge area to police with a, a very large uh, police force. Or yeah, very large transit. infrastructure yeah. having to having to deal with um, <clears throat> yeah, the whole state. I could, couldn't begin to imagine and Obviously, incidences and, and, and mishaps do happen all across not only the city but the whole country, um, the country, the whole state. So, yeah, it could be quite a, quite a challenging infrastructure that you have. Yeah, it is. No, really fascinating. And I, I, I first met Amanda when she was in um, transit at Footscray, I believe, because um, yeah. you approached me wanting to learn about becoming, becoming a GLOW. We yes. talk about in the next We shall. Segment. So in the next segment, yeah, we'll, we'll stay tuned and then, um, yeah, we'll be talking a little bit about the GLOW's role in the Transit Police and uh, yeah, you're listening to The GLOW Show with um, Amanda from Transit Police and Gabby and Will on Joy 949. The GLOW Show on Joy, where LGBTI liaison officers come together with Joy presenters to keep you informed and empowered. Got a question for Gabby? Get in touch via Facebook. Search Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y, Glow, that's G-L-L-O, and she'll get back to you soon. Or reach out to your local LGBTI liaison officer by calling or dropping into your local Victoria Police Station. Welcome back. You're uh, listening to The Glow Show on Joy 949 with uh, Will and Gabby. Um, we have Amanda Bowden in from... Sergeant Amanda Bowden. Sergeant Amanda Bowden. <laughs> 
Um, Everyone gets it wrong. It's okay. Oh, if anyone's going to get it wrong, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I get everything wrong. No, you don't, Will. <laughs> now, the big question is, is um, how does the glows fit into the transit police? Well, I'm glad you asked, Will. <laughs> So She's been waiting to say this for the last hour. <laughs> oh, look, I, I love being a glow. And, yep. I, and I, first, I first got interested in being a glow when I saw some of the work that Gabby was doing and some very valuable work and I wanted to get involved. So I put my hand up, hand up to be part of the program and I, I realised very quickly working at Transit because we have such a public space. So we've got members on the station platforms talking to commuters every day. It's really important to have glows out there and be visible for everyone in our society and our community to be able to see that we supportive of the LGBTIQ plus community. So put my hand up to do that. And then I started to link in with some of the other GLOWs that are at Transit. So at the moment, we've got around 14 GLOWs who are PSO members and around five police members who are GLOWs. And that's increasing as part of some of the work that I'm doing as well. So we like to try and have GLOWs in all the suburbs of, of Transit and also in the city. So we've got some sort of representation as well. Oh, that's excellent. Um- yeah, look, so the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, obviously you can't talk about uh, specific incidences, but, you know, where would, where would be a case that I mean, myself would want to have a glow if I was involved in any transit police incident? So give us some examples or some... I'll give, yeah, I can yeah. give you some without going into specifics. So some things we've had recently, uh, same-sex family violence incidents on the railway platforms, and some of our PSOs may be are lacking in a little bit of knowledge of how to deal with that, that's when they'll approach a GLOW and, and talk to them and get some more information or maybe make some referrals so our GLOWs can get in touch with those people. Mm-hmm. We've also had um, some issues recently uh, with members encountering some transgender people who may be experiencing mental health issues. Again, we need that specific knowledge of how to interact with people who maybe are transitioning and really don't understand how to communicate with our police members or our PSOs as well. So it's a it goes both ways. It's us trying to understand them and them trying to understand where we're coming from. Which is very important and very important message to get out. And one of the things I love about the GLOW infrastructure is that it's a two-sided bat, so to speak. It, you know, you're not only looking after the community outside, but you're also informing and supporting within the Victorian police, within your own department as well. Yeah, and we understand that a lot of people in the LGBTI community and other communities um, have some barriers um, and may have some bad experiences with police or have heard of other people having mm-hmm. bad experiences with police in the past. And so they may be hesitant to come to us for help or ask us for any kind of advice or seek any assistance. And so that's where if you're a GLOW and you can see someone struggling and you think they may be from that part of the community, you can identify yourself. And often identifying yourself as a GLOW breaks down those barriers and makes people feel comfortable talking to us. And that's a really big part of our role. That is a really, really important thing. What some of the future challenges you you, you see within obviously the transit police or our transport system when it comes to it evolving do we are you seeing problems starting to evolve i think some of the challenges how much how much time do you have <laughs> I know. so just sum it up really just things are changing so quickly with yeah. technology with society with our population growth i mean some of the main challenges for us will be in making sure that those services are running as they should so we can get people in and out of the city as efficiently as we can so a lot of our role is in helping with service delivery and making sure that those disruptions are kept to a minimum. Yeah. So that's a big focus for us. Um, changes in technology and the way that people report crime and in the way that we investigate crimes. So um, things that are that are happening now, we our police members being equipped with phones so they can check people on the platform straight away as opposed to having to wait to, for radio to be clear so they can 
through our checks and that sort of thing. So, and we're the- working in the city. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever ha- been near a police officer with their radio going and you can hear there's no dead airspace. It's just constant talking and yeah. constant chatter and trying to get on to check someone or get some information about someone, which you may need for your own safety or for others' safety, depending on what the history is and what whether they are wanted or not. Getting on air is a big issue um, working in the city because there's so much going on and police are always responding and reacting to things. So. Having those the new technology for police is pretty amazing. No, that's fantastic. Look, it, it's it's fascinating and sensational work you do. I mean, obviously, you, you should be proud of the work you do do. Thank um, you. We'd we'd definitely love to have you back again one night and just learn more about the transit police and some of the roles and challenges that you that you are doing and you have been doing. I'd so love to come back. We'd, we'd love to have you yeah, back. When when Amanda comes back, I'd love to talk about all the great work she's doing in transit by in, trying to increase the number of glows in transit in the PSOs. Um, just to make sure that they, they're there to respond to community expectations and needs. Um, and I think there's a big event coming up in August it's, uh, that Transit's running a great event with some guest speakers, so we can talk about that in, in the upcoming episode. We shall. We shall. Unfortunately, it goes very quick this half an hour. It does, but, um, it? it? does. But, look, we really appreciate you coming in, and, and I'm, look, I've learned so much. I, I got you all confused with the with the protective service officers, but, I mean, that's the, some of the times it's the simple questions like that and some of the simple misconceptions people have, and it's good to know that uh, you're out there and supporting the community and you're also a glow and you have a role and you're supporting us as well. So we. We're all very thankful for that, and it's it's really good to hear. Gabby, see you I'm next just, week. I'm just smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us, and um, you all take care. We, we love the support you're giving us, and we love and support you back. You have a great week, Gabby, and we'll see you then. Be back next week. All right. You've been listening to The Glow Show. Join on for nine. That's it from us today. Thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy. Tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes. So if you missed anything important, you can hear it again now. Please support the volunteers who make the Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media. The Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tayak and edited weekly by me, Jason Gibbs. See you next time on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.